That's because there aren't many things that are as important as that, Al. That's why. I am passionate about the things that deserve passion, like cheeseburgers. I can see you because we do the Zoom call. I could just see the look in your eyes when a caller disrespects <laughs> something yes. so true and important to you. So, I, listen, I see it unfold. Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Assurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. You know this is one of my favorite things to do, Slee, to kind of come back with an after Ask Slee. Ask Slee, you ready for one more? Sure. This is from Walk Off. This is kind of disturbing, but it's actually kind of makes you think for half a second. Okay. Would, would you rather lose a thumb or an eye? Yeah, definitely a thumb. Yeah, you thumb's got to go. Yeah, you can still see go. with one. You can still see with one eye. You can own that. And think about it. If all you have are the four fingers, that you're, yeah. you're kind of limited in what you can do. That thumb is kind of a game changer. Take my chances. Uh, I'm going, uh, hopefully it's the left hand. But what's the thumb primary, primary function, though? It's to grab things. Everything. Without a thumb, you can't <laughs> so pick very, anything up. It's, very it's why we, it separates us from most animals. Exactly. It's the, it's the opposable digit. It's the one pointing in the other direction that we can grasp things with. I'll take two eyes and I can't hold anything. <laughs> you can see anything. You can't really touch it. You can't pick anything up, but at least you'll see it clearly. I like it. All right. Let's try one more phone call here. We're talking about your experience in going to uh, timeshares. Uh, let's go to Oxnard and Sean. Sean, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, Sean? Hey, guys, how we doing? Hey, Travis, you don't remember uh, a couple years back, I think you and I paired together at the ESPN Glen Morangy uh, tournament. Oh. You got me by two strokes, dang it. Yeah, well, that's round, though. I think your son was just getting ready to go off to college. So, uh, good round, fun talking with you, and you guys keep crushing it. <clears throat> hey, Thanks, so yeah, I was going to say, yeah, those timeshares, hey, you go to Hawaii, <laughs> you sit down with your wife, two and a half hours of hell, you get golf, you get a spa day. The hardest part about it is reminding the wife you're not buying the darn timeshare. It's all there for the spa and the golf. But, yeah. So do you, have to, golf, do, you have, do, you, do you have to spend your time? Is Are you more concerned with your wife getting sold? <laughs> That's a good question. No. I, 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 yeah, well, kind of, no. You know, the second is, you know, she wants the spa and I want the round of golf. We're going to mm-hmm. sit down. These guys are pretty good. They bring in closers. They know what they're doing. And I'm telling you, at the end of it, your wife's going, wait a minute. This is a good idea. Yeah, so how can we, how, how, can we, we only buy one? Got, Hey, I tell you what, I've, I've done it. I've done it. You, you stay on one side, you go to the other, you go to the resort on the other side, go to the resort on the other side of you, you get two, three rounds of golf for free. Yeah. They're give, they want you to come in and sit down. The whole point is just remember to not get sold because you've had too many drinks before you went and sat down. That's great. Thanks, appreciate Sean. you appreciate calling that. in. It, it's also trap. It's probably a, it's a numbers game, right? For them, they invite 10 couples all they need is two to close. They close two of these, you know, couples. They're good to go. By the way, I could see this also happening, where the closers, when the closers come in, they're like, mm-hmm. um, they separate them. They separate. They separate the oh, the they wife you know, divide and, the and conquer, right? Yeah, they're just like, yeah. hey, let me let me show you here the golf course. Let me just kind of show you the eighteen holes that we have, and just kind of a photo of it. Then they take her over to the side. The, the spa <laughs> is just something special. They try to kind of divide and conquer there. Tell me you wouldn't like to come to this thing a couple of times a year. Just go down to that spa. How great would that be? Honey, we're buying it. We're buying what? I'm all for free golf. I respect Sean's effort in getting on golf courses for for next to nothing. Good for him. But a high-pressure sale, that's that's not my deal at all. All right, let's start right here, Al. Um, Yep. Let, 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 let's start with the Trevor Bauer piece of this because we can get into what the Dodgers were doing here a second ago. But the, the story continues to develop. The story continues to 
get you know new facets of it. And the latest is is that the Dodgers have pulled Trevor Bauer's bobblehead. That they're not going to go forward at least at this point with Trevor Bauer bobblehead night. Yep. They've removed Trevor Bauer merchandise from team stores. Um, this, if you're Trevor Bauer, is not a good sign at all. This, this is the first thing that I've seen in this, other than the initial allegations that made you go, oh boy, that's yeah. like, oh, okay, we may be heading in one direction instead of the other. Well, I'm just kind of think about the last few days. First, it was, no, he's, uh, he's going to get his start on Sunday. And then um, before you knew it, it was, okay, well, seven days, um, we'll just kind of, uh, we'll kick the can down the road, give them more time for the investigation. And then you had Dave Roberts, I think it was two days ago, saying he doesn't expect to see Trevor Bauer back after the seven days. Um, And then now, you know, whatever you want to make of this, but Dodgers canceled the Trevor Bauer bobblehead night promotion scheduled for August 19th. Mm -hmm. Plus, Bauer merchandise is also no longer available for purchase at the team store. Uh, This is coming from Bill Plunkett on the Orange County Register. At least I read it on a, a tweet. So... You can make of it what you want, but this is also an organization, it seems like, taking the next step. And these are all little things that you do, I guess, as you're still trying to get some more information. Um, I don't know what happens from here, Trav, but uh, maybe maybe there's something more to this. Maybe there isn't. Um, obviously, the Dodgers trying to uh, figure out what to do, and I guess this is part of the next step for them, at least of what they can control. Yeah, it, it's... Even though put, they can put, control put, a lot more, let me not pretend like they can't because I know they can. Yeah, they they could, but you know, I, I guess you got to let these things play out and do yeah. process and all that kind of stuff. But it, what it does mean to me, Al, and just looking at this from a distance without knowing anything on the inside, is that the Dodgers believe that this may go a certain way because you you do not do this if you expect him back anytime soon. You do not pull the bobblehead. You do not pull you know Bauer T-shirts and jerseys and whatever else he may have. His and name Dave Roberts on. doesn't say. Um, right. You know, I'm not expecting him back after the seven days. So I, I think right. that's also kind of a telling sign as well. Be- because keep in mind what's going on, right? That The Dodgers have two more in Florida against the Marlins. Yep. And then they come home for a, a, a brief little homestand. And then it's the All-Star break. They're, they don't play for a week. Sure. You know, five days. So mm-hmm. it, this is the better part of three weeks where he's not going to be around. And yet still they're taking these... Um, measures to yeah. to remove him from their promotional items, to remove him from the team store, leads me to believe that they believe he's not coming back anytime soon. I, I think, you know, one of the things, I know this has been a topic for both you and I, it's like we're, we're kind of trying to juggle how to have this conversation. And part of the conversation has been, okay, well, as as much as we get developments, as much as we get more information, then we obviously share that information. Um I would just say this, from the moment the allegations had come out to where we're sitting today, this is definitely not one of those if you thought, oh, you know, uh, Bauer's going to be bad. That doesn't seem like the case by any stretch of the imagination. We'll see how things pan out. Yeah, hopefully we have some resolution to it one way or the other before too long. But, yeah, it's something that they're going to have to deal with. Here's the the baseball part of all of this, not the Trevor Bauer piece, but just what we saw last night. I want you to listen to this. This is from the – the Marlins radio call on 940 WINZ and how the game ended last night. The 0-1 outside off the catcher's mitt. Marte breaks for third. The throw on a bounce gets away. Marte gets up. He's running home. He's going to go with a head first dive and he scores. The Marlins walk it off on a wild pitch and an errant throw. The Marlins beat the Dodgers 2-1 in 10 innings. Okay. 
So, first of all, you don't see a lot of wild pitch slash throwing error from the catcher slash kind of lazy play from the third baseman walk-off wins. That doesn't happen all that often, and that's what we got last night. Let me, let me start here. The Dodgers have 53 wins, okay? The team with the most wins in baseball are the Boston Red Sox, who have 54 Mm-hmm. All right, so let's just start right there. This is not the sky is falling. This is not the Dodgers are in trouble. It's not any of those things. Four, However, four teams, four teams within a half game of each other yeah. are leading the major league pack, whether it's the Giants, the Red Sox, the Astros, or the Dodgers. So it puts puts in perspective where the Dodgers are sitting. They're, they're right there. They yeah. are right there, and they haven't had some of their best players, and some of their best players, namely Mookie and Cody Bellinger, have underperformed so far this season. And Seager's that being been said, out. Mm-hmm. Seager's been out, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that being said, there are little things that when you watch them, and last night was a really good example. In fact, these last two games, I think, have sure. been a really good example of this. Mm-hmm. The little things that can become big things in a short postseason series, and the Padres in particular pose a threat here. The Dodgers don't defend the running game at all. Teams run wild on them. Dave Roberts has talked about this. The, the team, I mean, it's not a secret. They lead the team, or I should say, they lead the league in stolen bases allowed. Five steals in these two games them. against Miami. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and last night it wasn't a steal. It was a wild pitch, but it was their inability to defend a, a running attack that led to this uh, situation. You've seen at-bats that are not great team at-bats the way that you've seen great team at-bats Last season. And last year, the Dodgers, you heard of, you know, pass the baton, hand it over to the next guy. If you need to take a walk, take a walk. If you need to, you know, move a guy along, move a guy along. And now it seems like there's a lot more feast or famine at bats going on. They strike out a lot. Again, this is not a recipe for they're not going to make the playoffs. They are. I think when it's all said and done, they're going to have the best record in baseball. I truly believe that. But in a short series, Padres run like crazy. Padres have run all over them this season. They're going to probably have to beat them at some point in the series. That's a problem. Striking out a lot. They go cold for long stretches of time where it's not just one or two guys, but it's seven or eight guys in the lineup, six or seven guys that don't seem to be able to put the ball in play and move things along. It's just little things like that that have me going, all right, this isn't the team that I thought it was going to be coming into the season. I'm going to throw a couple stats out here. George Castillo, LA Times, grabbing this from his article this morning. So three airs, five steals, and have left 25 runners on base in this series against Miami, all right, Mm -hmm. through these first two games. Explain this one to me. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of curious to get your thoughts on this. You know what they are in extra inning games so far this year? I actually saw they're one and seven. I think one and eight. One and eight. Okay, yeah. They're one and eight in extra inning games. They're eleven and sixteen in one run games. That that throws me off so much because they have fifty three wins. Yeah. Right. So to have that many close games or just extra innings, just use that as an example. They could easily have. 57, 58 wins at this point. And, and, you know, when I say have a a little bit of a cushion on the rest of Major League Baseball just because Boston has 54 wins, that kind of throws me off. Because, yeah, we always say good teams find ways to win. They win the close games. And nobody's questioning whether the Dodgers, um, you know, are a good team or not. But does that throw you off a little bit? I'm I'm surprised that they're losing some of those close games. I I was surprised that it's as bad as it is. But I'm not – so here's a weird baseball thing that happens a lot. You, you're either really good or really bad in one-run games. And so, you know, and extra inning games are almost always going to be a one-run game just by the nature of extra inning sure, baseball. Sure, sure. Um, mm-hmm. And the Dodgers are bad at it this year. They do not have a good record in one-run games. 
But that doesn't mean they're a bad team. It means that they're having trouble in weird situations like this, the, the, the extra inning situation. They don't play that type of baseball particularly well. They tried to bunt last night. You had Chris Taylor up. Okay, Chris Taylor's going to the All-Star game. He's a good hitter. Mm-hmm. Okay, You have Will Smith at second base. Will Smith is the catcher, which by definition means he doesn't run particularly well. By catcher standards, he's okay. But this is, I mean, that's not Vince Coleman out at second base. It's the catcher. You have the, one of your better hitters up. Why are we bunting there? I get it. You get a guy to, to third base with one out. And, and this is something that the Dodgers did last night. It just didn't make any sense. You saw Don Mattingly in the, in the bottom half of the inning. He's not taking the bat out of his best hitter's hands. He's going to let that guy struck out, but at least he had a chance to win the game right there. I think that's part of it. And just every year, you're either on the wrong side or the right side of these one-run games. You, it, the weirdest part about this is sometimes you'll have really bad teams that are really good in one-run games. It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. So that doesn't really have me worried. It's fundamental stuff. They make errors. They don't run the bases, or I should say they don't defend other teams running the bases very well. We see, you know, we just talked about Trevor Bauer. Their pitching is getting thinner. We thought that this was the ultimate strength of this team. Kershaw, Bueller, Bauer, Urias, May, Gonsolin, Price, Nelson, just all of these. Well, we're down to three. We're down to three right now. The guys that you feel pretty good about going out there right now. You're not seven or eight like you had in spring training. You're down to three, and yet they're still a half game. I was going to say best record in baseball. That's isn't that funny? And, and, and with all that being said, they had just won nine games in a row. Yes, <laughs> right. they ran into a hiccup, which means makes no sense against Miami. But that's two games in a row that they lost, and the way they lost too, I think that has something to do with it. But I do think that's that's interesting. That with everything that you just said. I guess maybe what that shows is that's how much better the Dodgers can be if they clean up some of these things. Seager comes back, and and you know obviously they get the uh, they get things going again. I thought that they were a lock to go to the World Series and a heavy heavy favorite to win it. Mm-hmm. Now I think they're a lock to go to the playoffs, and I'm going to stop right there. I, beyond that, because of these little things, I think it's changed just a little bit. All right, the NFL season just five weeks away. Al, just five weeks away. We're going to get ready for it. New little game, fourth and four. That's coming up next. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Let me ask you something real quick, Slee. If you, and I, whatever, yeah. if you and I were out somewhere, like, I don't know, we're playing golf or something, i say, hey, Al, yep. real quick, can you get my back? What's your response? Where's the sunscreen? Just put a blob on my uh, on just, just the palm in. of my hand and just get in there with my golf gloves, uh, with my golf glove on. Perfect, perfect. ESPN Radio <laughs> is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. All right, so we have a new football segment, Slee. Okay. It is called Fourth and Four, and producer Emily, who now is an In-N-Out veteran, is going to run the show. What do you have for us, Em? All right. Like, I'll like, punt. <laughs> like you said earlier, it is five weeks away from the NFL season, so let's get ready with four topics in the NFL. So I'm going to tell you a topic or a statement, and if you agree with me, you're going to go for it on fourth and four, and if you disagree with me, you're going to punt it on fourth can and I, four. Can I just say this, Emily? Can I just say that the <laughs> fact that 
Trav, doesn't this kind of get your blood going? Just hearing the Can't music, wait. five Can weeks away. SoulFi finally going to have fans in it. Uh, it's, this, this is a good time Very quickly, I can't wait for everybody in this city to get a yeah. chance to go inside SoFi. It is the most extraordinary structure I've ever seen in my life. I haven't life. been in there. Get out I there. I haven't been in there either. Bonkers. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So speaking of SoFi, our very first topic is about the Rams. So the Rams' win total right now is at 11 games. Last season, they won 10 games. Right now, they are t- that 11-game win total prediction is tied with six in the NFL. So they're at the top, the cream of the crop of the NFL. Do you guys think that the Rams will win more than 11 games this season? Will you punt or will you go for it? Who goes first? Let's go with Travis. Uh, I'll go for it on that one for sure. I, keep in mind that it's a 17-game NFL season now, so that 11 number mm, that right. with a 16-game season feels mm-hmm. like you got to be damn near perfect. With 17 games, you got a little bit of a wiggle room here. Uh, Rams are going to be really good. The Rams were really good last year, and they won 10 games. The, the Rams were a, a good team with a mediocre quarterback. Now I think they're a good team with a very good quarterback. I think that they go over 11 wins. I wouldn't be surprised at all if they got to 12 or higher because I am extremely bullish on what the Rams are going to do this year. Uh, Emily, I'm going to go ahead and punt the ball here. You know, Travis is a very uh, fourth and four. Fourth and 11, he's going for it. Um, uh, it's the only reason why I'm going to punt. I, I think they actually get to 11 wins. I don't think they get more. More has to do with just the division, the NFC West. Just the mere fact that you got to face the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you got to face Seattle. You obviously got to face the San Francisco 49ers. That's the only reason, just the schedule. It's not that they're going to, that, that they're not going to ball out. It's not that they're not going to be, you know, obviously they better be a better team than they were last year. Uh, that's the expectations, but I'm going to say just because of the division, 11 wins is where they get to. All right. Funches. <laughs> the second topic we have Packers. Devonte Adams said that it would be his dream to play with his former teammate, Derek Carr from Fresno State. Do, will we see Devontae Adams suit up in the black and silver? Will you punt or will you go for it? Um, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to say that we will see uh, we will see that combination. I mean, first of all, I get that you know they used to play with each other, but it, it's funny the way he's talking about Derek Carr is as if he's talking about you know Tom Brady. Like what oh, a dream, Montana. what <laughs> what a dream it would be. Um, I, I think when you have somebody that wants to play for a team like the Raiders as much as he wants, as he wants to team up with Derek Carr. Uh, uh, when I say go for it, what I'm really referring to there more than anything else is Raiders got to find a way to make that happen. Yeah, I'll punt that one. Uh, look, Aaron Rodgers is going to play quarterback for the Packers. Devontae Adams is going to be the wide receiver for the Packers. He's one of the best at the business. Rodgers is one of the best in the business. Everybody's posturing and trying to make themselves seem like they're going to walk away or do this or demand a trade. Both of these guys will be in Green Bay. I don't think that they're going to play together this upcoming season, so I'll punt it. Funches. All right. Speaking of the Packers, Aaron Rodgers participated in the match la- uh, last night uh, on TNT. With Aaron Rodgers was pair- paired with um, Bryson DeChambeau. They ended up winning it. But during the match, he was asked uh, by the commentators whether or not he will be suiting up for the Packers or who will be suiting up for the Packers on September 12th, which is their first game. So, and he and he responded to that with, uh, "We'll see." We'll see. Uh, do so. My question is: Is Aaron Rodgers the most infuriating quarterback in the NFL right now? Will you punt or will you go for it? 
Because of the way you phrased the question, I'm going to punt it because I don't think he's the most infuriating. I think he's the most needy. I think that he's the most sensitive. I think that he's the one that needs to be told he's the prettiest girl in the school the most. I, I, I think that he's that guy. I, I Look, he's, he's arguably the best quarterback in the league. I don't think anybody would really argue with that. He's an extraordinary talent, and he's, he's proven it over and over and over again. But he – Man, oh man, even watching him yesterday and watching him answer some of those questions during the match, this is a guy that the more I hear him talk, the less I like him. The less that I think that this is – the Packers are doing this wrong. Okay, the Packers should give him what he wants. The Packers blew it by drafting Jordan Love. The Packers have blown it by handling this the way that they have. That being said, I get it, man. Being around that for 10-plus years would be exhausting. Being Look, you're the MVP of the league. Everybody knows you're a great player. Stop. Stop with the neediness. So I'm going to punt your question, Emily, but I am off the Aaron Rodgers train at this point. I'm going to punt, but you know, I, I'm also going to say this. I, I, I don't understand why Aaron Rodgers – I get everything you just said, Trav. At the end of the day, are you freaking winning or not? Give me the annoying quarterback. Give me the quarterback that you're not that crazy about. Give me the uh, quarterback that needs to be told that, you know, he's the prettiest girl, whatever, how, however, however you want to describe it. At the end of the day, are you getting it done or are you not? They won 13 games last year. They're a game away from getting back to the Super Bowl. You're right. The Packers did screw it up. You don't get franchise quarterbacks that are just kind of coming out of nowhere all the time. So I, I just – I say this. I say this when it comes to Aaron Rodgers. Okay, he might be – um, he might not be, let's say, the most team-centric person or maybe his personality rubs people the wrong way. Are you getting it done or you're not? Isn't that all we care about? Even I'm going to use a Lakers example. There's certain players, I'm sure, that have been a part of the franchise that were prima donnas and they needed this. Are you getting it done or you're not? And if you are, you find a way to work it out. Packers should, should, should have already found a way to work it out and they still haven't. I, I hear you, and, and I'm about 95% of the way there with you. But we're talking about Aaron Rodgers like we're talking about Tom Brady, who's got seven Super Bowls in his back pocket. I mean, you saw his golf balls yesterday, right? But you can't – nobody, but, but nobody could talk about Tom Brady. Like no, no, Tom Brady, I, I, that comparison is – we, we shouldn't I get have that. It. But this idea that, well, he, he's getting it done. Well, he's been in the league a long time. They've been to yep. the Super Bowl once. Okay, mm-hmm. Jared Goff's been to the Super Bowl once. Jimmy Garoppolo's been to the Super Bowl once, and I'm not. But, don't, I'm but, not but saying, you're not going to compare them. Of, to... of course not. Of course mm-hmm. not. But this is not Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or one of these or the guy that just every single year it feels like he's going to be there. You're in over contention. And over and over. But you're in contention you are, every absolutely year. Absolutely, you are. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you are. But this is uh, just the the neediness of it all. But put it to this way. Yesterday during that match thing, which was dreadful, but that's another conversation for another time. He made Bryson DeChambeau seem likable. And that's, no, no, nobody makes Bryson DeChambeau seem likable. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he was able to do that. It's like, just, just stop being so coy, so cute, so, oh, I'm smarter than you, and I'm, you know, I don't know, we'll see. I'm talking to Tommy about whether he's going to come back. I don't know. I don't know. It's just really off-putting. I, 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 he's going to be the only one the Packers, that, but I don't I'm, like I'm, it. I might be the only one that likes Aaron Rodgers. I don't, I don't, I don't mind the guy at all. Oh, you got one more? Yep, I got one more. I'm just... All right. So yesterday, uh, the Rams rookie, Tutu Atwell, uh, leaked one of the Rams' alternative uniforms this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a white background. It's got yellow on it. Are you guys excited to see this, the Rams in this uniform? Or Yeah, so let's let's say that. Are, they, are you excited to see the Rams in this uniform? Punt or go for it? Okay, no joke here. Um, 
So this was over the weekend. Had to go to Target. There with my girlfriend. And we're looking down. She had pointed this out to me one time. If you go down one of these aisles where it has merchandise, sports merchandise, you got Lakers over here. You got Dodgers over there. LA Kings had some room. USC had some room. And there was kind of a small section. And the only reason why I'm mentioning this because Clippers never have any merchandise that's there. So we're, we're talking about that. And then there's this small thing. And I'm like, is that Rams or Chargers? I, I literally had to look. It was a, kind of like a almost like a pillow helmet, whatever those are. Uh-huh. I had to look and I had to read the tag and it said L.A. Rams. I'm like, okay, it's Rams. Someone explained to me how the Rams and the Chargers, for being in the same freaking city, their logos and their jerseys, everything looks so similar. And I know that, okay, you got the throwbacks for the Chargers. Those are going to look different, the powder blues. But, Trav, am I on my own here that looks – for two teams being in the same city, they there's not that much difference. Uh, you can't – I guess you could say tell the difference just right out the gate as you would between UCLA, USC, Lakers, Clippers, things along those lines. Yeah, Emily, ask me the question because I want to answer the question again. Well, how, how was it phrased exactly? Are you excited to see them in these uniforms? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it on that, and, and here's why. I agree with what you said, Al. Um, when the Rams changed their uniforms from their classic uniforms from when they were here in L.A. back in the 80s and 90s, right, and they went to the new stylized uniforms this year, I was not a huge fan of those. I, I thought that those would look weird and that they'd blown it by going away from a classic design. They really grew on me. I, I really came to like the helmets. I thought that the Rams had the best helmets in football prior to with the Ram horn. I thought it was unique. I eat, like To your point, Al, immediately identifiable, right? The second you saw that Rams helmet with the horn, you're like, oh, it's Rams. It's, it was easy. And they went away from that, and it does look a little bit like a lightning bolt. So you're like, eh. But by the end, of the, by the middle of the season, I really liked them. I thought that the helmets looked good. Now, I did see the helmets yesterday, the white ones with the ram horn. Eh, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll see along the way. But, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see them because I'm hoping that they grow on me like the last ones did. Do we have a fifth down? or is that, is That's that, it. That's, that's fourth and four. There you go. So I think I went for it three times and only punted once, Al. You're, you're, you're the guy that's playing it conservative, and you're punting. Quick, you quick, quick story, time. quick story, and this is a perfect example Marty Schottenheimer, right? Back in the days, he was the Chargers coach. 14-2 and they fired him. Every time he'd get grief, every time he'd get grief for not going for it, right? Like he was so conservative. And then I remember in the playoffs, I think they were playing the Jets. It was 4th and 11. And he's like, we're going for it. Go you, know how fans, you know how fans, their, their, their instinct always is go for it. Yeah. There's the first time I've ever felt the fans like, no, 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 Marty, not this time, not this time, punt. <laughs> you, know? you have, you have, a, you have the, the conservative approach. I, I, was, I was probably punting more than you were. Math people will tell you you should almost never punt, that it's almost always a bad idea. Trust your defense. All right, what makes a great Laker role player? Slee's going to tell us next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
All right, Travis and Slee is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And Slee, do I want to say it out loud, or do we just let it go by without pointing out the obvious? What happened? Oh, nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll tell, tell you later, and we'll, uh, okay. we'll circle back to it in just a bit. All right, so we were talking about this a little bit earlier, um, about Andre Drummond's comments on Instagram, and that he, you know, he was responding to somebody else posting something. He wanted to play more. He wanted more touches, this, that, and the other. And you and I were having the conversation about – Laker role players and the guys that they had this year relative to the guys that they had a year ago when they won the NBA championship. And let me just put this out there and you tell me what you think. Okay. The guys this year, and I'm talking specifically about Dennis Schroeder, Andre Drummond, Montrez Harrell in particular, those three guys. They didn't seem to quite grasp what it means to be a role player on the Los Angeles Lakers because that is a different assignment than being a role player on just about any other team in the league. That this is, you are here to help Anthony Davis and LeBron James. That your role on any given night is probably going to be fairly insignificant and not very, it's not going to pop a lot, right? Once in a while, Andre Drummond would have a big night or Montrezl Harrell would have a big night. But you're there to help the other guys. Not necessarily get your number so you can get the next deal. Not necessarily get your number so people will talk about your name. But kind of fill those holes. Something that JaVale McGee and Danny Green and those sorts of players, Dwight Howard to his credit, understood pretty well. I think that was the disconnect with this crop of Laker role players. Well, listen, I, I think – and and there's no – I get where they're coming from. You know, if you're Dennis Schroeder, as much as you're trying to be a role player and you're trying to fit a certain, um, a certain hole for the Lakers, you're also looking out for yourself. You're also going to try and make your money. If you're Andre Drummond, this is the final year of your contract. If you're Montrez Harrell, you thought you were going to get a big contract last year. You didn't. You signed a two-year deal with a player option. So I want to kind of emphasize this. Every role player, it just, where are you in your career, mm-hmm. right? I, I think if Rajon Rondo was 26, 27 years old, he would have a different mindset than he did last season when he was playing for the Lakers. If Dwight Howard didn't make as much money as he did over his career, then maybe he's not signing for the minimum to just come play for the Lakers and try to win an NBA championship. So, Trav, this is what... This is what I think is key for the front office. It's not a matter of just finding the right role players. It's also finding role players that want to do those things maybe yeah. later in their career that other players, that's not their type of – I have no problem. If Dennis Schroeder wants to go make $100 million and a team's going to give it to him, good for him. how are we going to hate on yeah. that? Go get no. your money and, and go sure. make it happen. But the key is going to be from the front office is bringing in guys – that are not worried about how many minutes they played, how many points they averaged. Um, that just, hey, however you need me, I'm ready to go. And I find it more difficult to find players like that, in my opinion, that are around 26, 27, 28 years old. Isn't it probably somebody towards the back half of their career, they've already made their money? And I, that's the part I'm curious about, how the Lakers kind of juggle that this year. I, I think you're spot on. And here, here's the weirdest part of all. You know who kind of fits that mold, but is a young guy, but who seems to kind of understand what you're talking about. Who's bought in. Who's bought in. Who absolutely has bought into the idea of, hey, look, I understand that LeBron is the man, right? He's Mm -hmm. the the lead actor. He's the guy that's above the name of the movie. It's LeBron James starring in blank. And then the next name underneath it is Anthony Davis, right? His is in big font, too. And then you're the guy that's unfeaturing this guy. It's Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma is the guy that seems to understand that, look, if on any given night, if you need me to go out there and get 20, I can do it. 
But you're here for me to make open shots when I need to make open shots. You're here for me to defend a guy that needs to be defended. You're here for me to bring energy, to bring life, to bring you know sizzle to the team. The problem with it all, though, Slee, is I don't know if he's got the horsepower to do sure. it. He seems sure. to understand the role really well, but I don't know if his game fits into those things as well as his mind does. By the way, I, I, I wouldn't have thought two years ago if we'd be sitting here that you'd be saying, hey, Kyle Kuzma actually has fit more into a role player, as in that's his attempt. I'm not yep. saying that he's doing it and he's doing it perfectly because I don't think he is. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. I think the Lakers need more vets on the team. I think they're better off with that because of this window they're trying to win with LeBron. Um, but that is that that it, it's a great way of putting it where I've, I've spent a lot of postgame shows saying I appreciate what Kuzma's trying to do he just doesn't do it on a consistent basis. Where some of these other role players for the Lakers, um, I, listen, I, you know, I, I, I don't know how better way to put it. This is on the front office to figure out that is the role player that we're bringing in. If Dennis Schroeder, if you think that that's a perfect fit for the Lakers, I mean, a lot of the conversation with Dennis Schroeder during the season was, was about his contract. Right. What well, you mean Schroeder's churning down a four year, eighty four million dollar deal? How's that possible? Right. Well, no, he was because he <laughs> thinks he could go make more money. Montrez Harrell of he's not getting playing time. Well, why did you sign him in free agency? And is Montrez Harrell just going to walk away? It, it, as much as we want to bring in talent to the Lakers, it's the type of players that you bring in that could be the difference of winning a championship or not. I think they got a free pass last year because of the injuries. You're not going to get a free pass this upcoming year. You got to make some of those wrongs right. All right, we can take some phone calls on this, 877-710-ESPN, who you think would be a good role player. Not necessarily even the names. I mean, the names would be great, but types of player that you think would fit into the Lakers here. Uh, Travis and Sleaze brought to you by Progressive Insurance, and all guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Here's the thing, Al, and I was wrong about this. I, th- this is something that I got flat wrong at the okay. end of last season. Uh, mm-hmm. last season. I thought that as long as LeBron James and Anthony Davis were on your team, that the mix of the others wasn't nearly as important as it turns out that it is. I thought that, look, yeah, they'd like to keep JaVale, that's fine. I guess you'd like to keep Dwight, that's fine. But if those guys leave, they, they can go find someone. Hey, they got Montrezl Harrell, perfect. Just drop him in there and everything will keep moving along. I was wrong about that. The, the mix of the quote-unquote others, mix, the, the mix of the role players, and eh, Rondo left, we'll find another. No, 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 it, was, it wasn't as easy as that. They really missed him because – He's exactly that guy that we're talking about that understood that role perfectly. If you need me to make some shots, I can. But I'm not coming here to make shots, and if I don't get my 12 shots a night, I'm thinking, hey, where are my touches? He's not like that. He understood the role, and it's really important that going into next season that they restock that bench differently. Well, here's the worst part. The worst part is I don't think we really had an opportunity to know. Because we didn't go a couple rounds in the playoffs. Do you think Dennis Schroeder would accept that role? Does that feel like something that he'd be interested in doing? Doesn't I, to me. I, let's put it this way. Let's say Anthony Davis didn't get hurt and the Lakers got a chance to you know, actually have that NBA championship run. We'd have found out more about Dennis Schroeder. We'd have found out more about Montrez. We'd have found out more about Andre Drummond. Marcus saw, I think we already know because the guy's been in the league for a long time. But the it was such a short playoff run. And there were so many other kind of factors that came into play. If Rob Palenka and the Lakers front office decided, you know what? No, we're running it back. Dennis Schroeder wants to stay here. Andre Drummond wants to be a Laker. Montrez wants to have that final year in his player option. If let's just say that played out. Yep. They can make a case that 
hey, bringing these guys back is actually better. This is their second year here. And oh, by the way, we didn't have a, a championship run for us to determine whether these players were the right fit or not. So I think you and I, I think we're both saying the same thing, but I think you can make an argument if you're the front office that we played six games. Once Anthony Davis was out for the last two and a half games, it didn't matter what role player that we had. No, I agree with that. And, and I just and I don't mean to pick on these guys because I think I would fall into this very same category if I had the ability to play at that level. But there's something about guys that are about themselves first and getting their money and getting their touches, which, by the way, like I just said, that's me. I want my touches. I want my money as opposed to, you know what? I want to win a championship, and I want to win it with the L.A. Lakers because that's special. Let me fill a role on this team. Those guys are a little trickier to find. I uh, I think one of the things that's going to be most fascinating, and you know, obviously Lakers will continue to be a conversation. We'll get through the NBA Finals. Trav, free agency, it's under a month away. So I yeah. think a lot of these questions that we're asking now, and I know a lot of Laker fans will be interested in, the NBA topics will continue, and a lot of the focus is going to be on the Lake Show. All right, we got a lot of calls on this. We're going to take those when we get back. Plus, I'm going to fix the All-Star game yet again. That's coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. So I think we made it, right? I feel like we're there. We didn't get it at 1030. We didn't get the Serbian rejoin music, Al. That's what I was talking uh, about. It was didn't on we? the rundown. I know. It was I know. on the it rundown. It was on the rundown. Emily did her part. It just Chris dropped the ball, I guess. I've ran out of material for that three weeks ago. <laughs> That's what you think, but it's not true. It's the gift right, that so keeps on giving. It does. Absolutely does. All right. So we're talking about uh, the Lakers and we're talking about the role players on the Lakers and how you kind yep. of revamp the guys that are going to support LeBron. They're going to support AD and, and that. So let's start in, um, well, we got to start here, right? Manuel in Gardena. Manuel, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up, my friend? Hey, fellas. First off, in this scene off show, there's two scenes in an American language, right? Strong as an ox, dumb as an ox. <laughs> I think from the case study, we're going with the latter. Because, come on, man, in and out overrated. Yeah. And then some jackass was trying to mention five guys in the same breath. Stop. Uh, <laughs> original Tommy's as well. She's going to have to check. You know about that, Trav. Oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, yeah. Uh, I think the Lakers, man, as weird as it would be, I don't think it would be that hard. I think you've got to bring back Dwight Howard and uh, and JaVale McGee, man, just for the way that they played with LeBron and AD, the rim protection and everything. And I would love to see a run at Bradley Beal. I don't know how it would happen, but somehow, you know, the Laker universe seems to make things happen, and that's what I love about it. Just like Slee Stack and Dean Travers. Love you guys, man. Appreciate you calling in, man. Well, thank you, man. Uh the the Dwight that let me tell you something, Trav. The Dwight Howard, and you probably agree with this. That's the name I heard most all all season long. So from yeah. the moment Dwight sent out the tweet like he's coming back, and then he quickly took it down and then signed that two and a half whatever it was in Philadelphia. Who, by the way, that was just a one year deal. So technically, you know, the Lakers could try to figure that out. That's the name I heard the most. Let me, let me use this as an example. If you said, "Hey, out Andre Drummond or Dwight Howard." One year, for just one year, right? So let's use this upcoming season as an example. Um, Dwight Howard fit his freaking role so perfect for the Lakers. 
he understood exactly what the Lakers needed, that rim protection that you wanted. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I almost kind of look at this, well, you you know, you look at younger players, how much more years they have. I don't really care about how many more years another player has because the Lakers are just this window for right now, just today. I, I, I get the Dwight Howard angle, 100% I get it, and I think there's probably a lot of Laker fans that felt the same way during the season. That That's that's the, the vibe that I got throughout the year. I was wrong about Dwight Howard. I'll mm-hmm. just put it as simply as that. When when the Lakers brought – I like that the Lakers brought him back because there was zero downside, right? When they brought him back, it was, hey, look, you can either get with the program or you can be out of the league. You know, that's, yeah, a, pretty, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty powerful sales pitch. And then you got a guy that's the ultimate alpha in LeBron James who's going to make sure that he stays in line. So when he left, I was thinking, you know what, whatever. They can, they can find another Dwight Howard. They can – they couldn't. They they missed him. Mm-hmm. They 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 really did. I'm not the world's biggest Dwight Howard fan, but they missed him a lot. Dwight brought a lot to that team, and Andre Drummond and Montrezl Harrell did not replace what Dwight and JaVale McGee brought. And it's not and it's not like you needed 30 minutes from Dwight Howard. It's just no. there's certain spots that you needed him, certain times that you needed him. And you know, I think you know one thing that was telling during the playoffs, Montrezl didn't get run in the playoffs. So you no. used. The, the biggest portion of your free agency money for Montrez, you didn't even use him in the postseason. So it, it, Lakers were juggling centers, uh, centers all season long. And one other thing that Dwight did, too, that is underrated, and you don't think about this with a guy that's going to end up in the Hall of Fame, and Dwight Howard is going to end up in the Hall of Fame. He's a great agitator. He's a guy that gets under people's skin. He creates yeah. problems for the other mm-hmm. team, and the Lakers really didn't have that. Let's try another one. Let's go to uh, Pasadena and Enrique. Enrique, you're on with Travis and Slee. What's up? Hey, how you doing, Sting? How's everybody doing? Um, I say bring Lonzo Ball back. I say do a sign-and-trade um, with Schroeder and uh, bring Lonzo Ball back. And I think Lonzo fits perfectly well with LeBron. He played well with LeBron. He alleviates LeBron from all that playmaking. And I think it's just a perfect fit. And I think it'd be a good fit for Schroeder as well to go play with Zion. I don't know. It's just what I think. Appreciate what you calling in. Appreciate you calling in. Trav, I, I'm a fan of Alonzo Ball. I like mm-hmm. his game. I've talked about how I think, you know, he's such a unique player that wants to pass the ball and play defense in the NBA. That's not a combination here all the time. Uh, no, I'm good. I, I don't want to see Alonzo back on this team. And, Trav, you know what it has more to do with anything else? I'm going to keep kind of pounding this. They need vets. They need guys that have been there before. They need players that, first of all, you want, you know, somebody that can hit the three on a consistent basis, but also – um, I'm gonna. Don't you want veterans on this team? I don't care the the window. Let's just use everything as the window for the Lakers is this upcoming year, and that's it. I don't care yeah. what happens after that. You got to treat every year like that with LeBron bringing in a Lonzo Ball this young. I'm I'm good on that front. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. There, there's one part of that that I do want to address that. This idea that, oh, we can alleviate some of the playmaking from LeBron. Why do you want to take away what LeBron does best? Why do you want to take the Le- – LeBron's going to have the ball in his hands. Okay, that's Le- – LeBron is the point guard of your team, even if he's not listed as the point guard of your team. He has the ball in his hands in every critical situation. He's the guy that LeBron needs offense. guys to hit shots. Bingo. Bingo. What I don't care if they're shots. young or right. old. What I want are guys that understand their role, which I think Lonzo probably would, but I want somebody – I'm a fan of Lonzo. Shots and Lonzo's shot is a little better than it used to be, but he's not yep. a shooter. I'm and, a fan and, of and that's I'm, and Trev. That, that's I'm a fan of Lonzo. Yeah, I just don't think Lonzo's a good fit for the Lakers no, I, I, at I this time. Either. You know what's a good so. fit? Shohei Otani on the mound to start the the uh, All Star game. 
if we're going to go in on this, and this, yep. by, by the way, and I think Funches is a good example of this because he said something during one of the breaks that he's not a Major League Baseball All-Star game, and I get it, and I'm not going to try to twist his arm and tell him why it's great. Worst All-Star game ever. Right. If Otani is going to participate in Home Run Derby, he might yep. win. Mm-hmm. Okay? He's going to be the designated hitter for the American League, which he's won by a fan vote, which he should have won. He leads the league in home runs. Why not throw his butt on the mound? Well, because it's not like it's just a stunt, right? It's not like, oh, you know what, let's, let's be crazy and start him too. It He's sounds like a it. stunt. It sounds like but it, right? Like it, it, none of it, none of it you can comprehend. I still cannot. Com- Plasky right. had a good article. Bill Plasky had a good article in the LA Times, and it was just on Otani today um, or this morning. Trav, it doesn't, it still doesn't. He, you, you, you just said he leads the league in home runs, yeah. right? Yeah. You were talking about the Dodgers, where they are, and there's only one team with more wins than the Dodgers. Yeah, that's it's the, team the Boston he pitched Red Sox. Last night. Gave up two runs against the Red Sox yesterday. What Seven are you talking about? pitched, five hits, four strikeouts, zero walks. Okay, he, he has one of the best strikeout per nine ratios in all of baseball. He throws 100 miles an hour. Okay, there's nobody that really throws harder. Maybe DeGrom gets 101. Chapman might hit 101. Otani throws 100. Okay, so it's not a stunt to do it, but it's also a great stunt to pull off. Hey, the guy that won home run derby last night, he's going to start on the mound tomorrow and also bat fourth because he's the starting designated hitter. And Who doesn't want to see that? And how bad do you want to see him go up against the elite? You know, like there's there's that portion of it as well. There's nothing I would like more than for Shohei Otani to hit a home run in the All-Star game, to start the game. And let's say let's say the National League. I don't know what the batting order is going to be, but let's yeah. say he strikes out Acuna, Tatis, and Mookie Betts. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Strikes all three of those guys out. And then he comes in, he walks in, and home and hits a home run later in that game. It's like, what? What else you got? Is, is there another league that I can move up to? Because this league isn't that challenging. He is absolutely you know, you know this. You know what this can also do? Joe Madden said this yesterday. I know Otani. He said, even non-baseball fans become baseball fans just to watch him. This is good for your sport. Throw him on the mound. I couldn't agree more in the All-Star game. Let's do it. The dump is coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. All right, pack your victory dance. Go all in on fun at Harris Resort SoCal. Make a splash in fun of California's trifecta of pools, which, by the way, voted one of 10 best resort pools in America by USA Today. 50 table games, 1,600 slots, or you could tee up the fun in SoCal's first top golf swing suite. From dining to unwinding, scoring a good time is as easy as picking up a room key. Are you game for a getaway? Start planning your trip by visiting harrissocal.com. That's harrissocal.com. All right, let's start with this, Lee, and this is probably something we should have brought up earlier in the day because this is the important things that people come to us for. Uh, Today is National Chocolate Day. Right? Yeah. Are you a, are you a chocolate guy, or is it one of the you can take it or leave it? Is it if you're having a little no, a treat at guy. the end of the night, you're gonna, yeah, gonna yeah. be chocolate? Yeah, I, I'm a I'm a fan of chocolate. Okay, you're in the liquor store or the grocery okay. store checkout line, or all of a sudden it's like you know what? You know what sounds good? Something a little sweet. What yeah. are you picking up? I like the uh, I'm in a liquor store. Um, well, for for some of the places <laughs> you buy candy bars, the the mall. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where I mean, liquor stores and gas station. You're in gas a Target, store, grab Walmart. <laughs> Everybody's got places. Um, so if you're asking my favorite candy bar, like yeah. my favorite candy bar, yeah. it's just I, I got two. I'm okay. gonna end up picking one, but Snickers and Kit Kat are probably my two favorite ones. I'll go Snickers. Snickers those as the both, go-to. Those are both wrong, but they're, I know they're you're good. Well, it doesn't they're matter. Good. Whatever, whatever I came up with, Snickers no. would be the the go-to one. 
No, those, those are actually really good choices. Those are popular choices. But I have a, a palate that I prefer it a little less sweet than more okay. sweet. So I prefer dark chocolate to the milk chocolate. So there are I, I would do dark, dark chocolate over milk chocolate. There are two dark chocolate options at the liquor mm-hmm. store that you can go with that are both really good. Number one is Mounds, which is wonderful because it's dark chocolate. You're the coconut. guy that buys the Mounds. I am the guy that buys the Mounds. <laughs> one guy. And then the other one is is a York peppermint patty, which is a little mint cake covered in dark wow, chocolate. We're on we're in completely different fantastic. spectrums. Different spectrums on the chocolate. That's like the leftover Halloween candy when I was a kid. <laughs> oh no, that's it's perfect because my kids come home, they got the bags full of candy. I'm like, I'll take all the mounds and the Yorks, and they don't even mind giving them up at all. I have a whole bag to myself, basically. You got to go with the darks, Lee. I need uh, you know the the Snickers that you know a couple um, couple. Uh, Payday was a pretty decent one. Baby Not Ruth bad. was good. Baby Ruth is another no good M&Ms one. No M&M's here? No M&M peanuts? M&M peanuts are really hard to beat. Those are really good. But Payday, Slee, that's a good choice because it's yeah. super salty. Yeah. That thing is an absolute salt bomb, which is good. All right, this is brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear, more driven. You're at, you're at the same liquor store. You can only, you only have enough money for a candy bar or a bag of chips. What are you getting? Bag of chips. Yeah, that's the right Yeah, choice. I'm getting a bag of chips. That's the about way the saltiness, you know? Yeah, uh, a little, a little the savory. crunch. A little crunch. savory as opposed to a little sweet. How do they find the pods, Lee? All right, ESPN app on iTunes, Travis and Slee. Just search Travis and Slee while you'll get uh, every two hours that we do Monday through Friday. All right, the Thursday edition of Travis and Slee tomorrow at 8.55. Make sure you're there. We got the bunch of fun. We got you covered on all things L.A. sports. We'll see you tomorrow morning, 8.55. Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN.